As this far that I concern, I've got a chance to say that I do believe I love you, and if I should ever go away, when they close your eyes and try to feel the way we do today, and if you can remember. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. For sure, that's what friends are for. For good times and bad times, I'll be in your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. Good afternoon from Southeast Asia, Manila, for the moment. Don't know for how long. This will be episode 8, episode or volume number 8 of the Southeast Asia Chronicle tape podcast recording things. All tapes are copyright 2023 by stockphotosworldwide.com. You gotta go there to find them. They aren't anywhere else. If you like aliens, go to they claim.com it's all part of the same complex of web pages whatever you'll find it fish around you'll find it if you like aliens you'll see the picture of the alien you go there uh okay we get uh pushing 300 episodes on that turkey thing and they're being kind of stalled for a little while while we do these you can only do so many can't talk 24 7 would like to <laughs> talking head I wish I could. <laughs> okay, the purpose of these, the Southeast Asia Chronicle podcast tape things, is to do two things. is to help people decide if they ever want to go probably live. I'm not going to help people go visit. I don't want them here. <laughs> Nobody does. Not even the Southeast Asians. Well, they kind of sort of do. They, they want the money, but that's it. You know, they would prefer you just fly in on the airplane, get off the airplane, you deplane, don't bother with customs. You just go to a kiosk, take all the money out of your wallet, and you max out every credit card, get back on the plane, go home. <laughs> That's what they want, because they don't like you. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> One in a hundred rest of you go home. <laughs> now, the nice people I like, there are a few, not that many. Seriously, not that many. Southeast Asia attracts a uh, particular brand of weirdo, sex, pet, pervert, child, molester, pedophile, motherfucker, and the drunk too. And they're noxious. They're sneaky. <laughs> uh, most Southeast Asia countries are waking up to that. And uh, Westerners are, well, they already have. They've pretty much worn out their welcome. Southeast Asian people are pretty tired, pretty tired of the bullshit. You know, 20 years ago, well, even starting a long time ago, up until up until 10 years ago, I saw the change over the last 10 years. Uh, Westerners were godlike. 
Now they're just kind of a pestilence. <laughs> the ties especially, I think, are really weary of them. Okay, we're trying to help you decide if you want to come to Southeast Asia and live. Okay, that's number one. If you do, how do you go about it? What are you going to find when you get here? That's number two. We're doing two things. Uh, okay, I've... We, we've gotten you as far, uh, we covered a lot of background stuff about why you might be as tired of the U.S. or Western countries, countries as I was, um, and why I decided to leave. We spent really a lot of time on that. Um, and then we went through the process of how do you get on the plane? Where, how do you choose a country? Uh, what do you do? How do you deal with the visas and the bullshit? Um, and we got you to the point where you got on the plane, you got to Bangkok, Thailand, because that's kind of the center of Southeast Asia. And you got off the plane and you somehow survived the taxi trip to the hotel. And you've been in the hotel for a week or two. And then, then what? <laughs> that's where we're at. Now, I usually I get notes from the last, from the previous episode, and I do, and I did. And I got, I got, I'm only going to address one of them right here, right now. Um, in the last one, I, we talked an awful lot about ladyboys because they're a huge, huge, huge factor in every country in Southeast Asia, Thailand more than any other. So we talked a lot about, a, a, not aliens, <laughs> ladyboys. And we're going to talk about them more. Um, and I'm fine with them. I have zero problem, zero. I'm, I'm not gay, but I'm not homophobic at all. I don't care. Um, and anyway, so people wrote in and they said, um, okay, since you're, since you were so nice and kind and, you know, giving to lady boys in the last episode, number seven. Yeah. Number seven. Yeah. It has to be, wait, holy crap. Wait, let me make sure. Um, yeah, number seven is the last one. Um, how do you explain, how do I explain me talking to me? How do you explain in, in, especially in a lot of the alien tapes you've made jokes about and bashed, or is it L, L, LGBTQ, X, M, Y, Z, um, C, D. Yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll bash that shit. I'm fucking tired of it. I'm not going to change my language. Um, when we meet, if you choose to, you tell me your name. That's what I'll call you. I'm not going to rearrange my fucking language. I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to invest all that mental calculation trying to figure out what in the fucking fuck I'm supposed to call different people at different times in different circumstances, in, in different environments. And I, you tell me your fucking name. I'll call you your name. I'll call you whatever you want. You know? Your name is Susie Q. I don't care. Um, I have never once in my life, and this is an absolute true factual statement, never once in my life have I felt the need or the desire to take my sexual preference and shove it in somebody's face. Never once have I put a sandwich board on and walked around town saying, I am heterosexual. 
None of their fucking business. Fuck them. It's none of their fucking business. And if I don't choose to tell you, that means we're not to the point where we're going to have sex. To get to that point, we'll, we'll have that talk. But, you know, I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're an L or a B or a G or a T or a Q or an M or an X or a D or a fucking L. Or I don't care and I don't want to fucking know about it. It's none of my business. And I don't want to know. Stop shoving somebody's hairy ass in my face. I don't want to see it. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to think about it. Fuck it. Leave me alone. You're a person. You got a name. Whatever name you choose, I don't give a rat's ass. That's it. So I make fun of it. LGBTQMX. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Jesus. I don't care if you're a male or a female or an in-between or an orangutan or a, a, I don't fucking care. Don't tell me. We can sit in coffee, sit at, sit at coffee and have coffee and talk about everything in the world. And that never has to come up because I don't care. I don't want to know. Really? You're not so special that I need to know your sexual orientation until we're going to fuck. Chances are very, very slim that's going to happen. But you don't need to know mine. I am not so special that I need to shove mine in your face either. I've had a lot of ladyboy friends, and I will in the future. Good ones. If they never told me they were a ladyboy, I, maybe I wouldn't know. I sure as hell wouldn't care until we were going to have sex, and none of us ever were, so... I don't need to know this shit. Just give it a rest, people. Just give it a fucking rest. Just be who you are. You already got a label. Your name's Mary or Bob or John or Susie Q or... Fuck, you got a name. Just... Okay. Stop trying to rewrite the English dictionary. Jesus Christ. I mean, soon we're going to have a, a new name, a new term for every single sexual proclivity. Some guys like to be on top. Some guys like to be have the girl on top. Some guys like to have the guy on top. Some guys like... Uh, the fuck fast. Some guys like to fuck slow. Some guys like to fuck in the ass. Some guys like to fuck in the mouth. I don't care. Stop trying to come up with a term for every single thing. Okay, there. I'm going to end that rant right there. Somebody got another angle on that? Tell me. And I'll consider it and I'll address it. Maybe if it makes any sense. Most don't. Alrighty. <laughs> We're finished with that shit. Okay. Um. Um. Okay. Um. For the backgrounds, uh, people always want to know what the backgrounds were, and I don't know what they are usually until I put them in. 
Uh, and then so in the next tape, I could explain what they were. And I don't know what they were in the last one. Don't care. People didn't ask. <laughs> so this time it's going to be a variety of little video clips, just scraps, the scraps out of the bottom of the drawer that I've got laying around. Uh, we had a huge monsoon come through here today and it was fun. I've got an extra big umbrella, extra fucking, that's nine feet in diameter, nine feet. You could jump out of a fucking burning building and land softly on the ground with that son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a, it's a big, big, big. Okay. And I went out thinking, oh man, this is going to be great because I, I'm going to be the only person out here who doesn't get wet. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Came home, wrung out my pants. <laughs> the shoes are in front of the fan. Uh, collapsed many times. Oh, fucking hell. Big monsoon. Anyway, so there's some video of that. Um, okay. Now, we got you to Bangkok. We've messed around. We've told you where not to go to find girls. If you, if you go to Southeast Asia and you don't care about girls, maybe you're a eunuch. Oh, there's a term. Oh, oh, fucking hell. There's that nasty bad term. That's not part of the LGBTQ. There's supposed to be fucking you on the end of that for a eunuch. Okay. I don't care if you're a eunuch. I don't care if you're a fucking sheep. I don't care. If you aren't interested in romantic things at all, when you come to Southeast Asia, life is, life is going to be really simple for you. And it's going to be mostly wonderful. It really, you know, if, if you, if, if you're a guy, um, Try to find some anti-testosterone shots or something before you go. <laughs> um, get castrated, something like that. Um, see, so it doesn't even enter your mind. Like uh, old gelding, you know, <laughs> they just don't care. <laughs> uh, I used to, I, I used to raise horses and buy them and sell them and shit like that. And, um, We'd have some gelding, you know, he's gelded when he was two and, or one, maybe. And he's standing out there in a pasture and all these beautiful mares are running around, running around, and they come back up to him, you know, like, come on, come on, baby, come on, I'm ready right now. And <laughs> they shoved their ass right in his face, you know. He's like, get a fucking grip there, girl. What the hell do you think you're doing? I don't want to smell that thing. <laughs> Uh, and I envied him and I thought, oh my God, there's a life of freedom. Okay. So the biggest complication to your life in Southeast Asia is going to be girls. If, if you're a girl, okay, let's talk about that. We haven't talked about that too much. Not a lot of women come to Southeast Asia. Uh, I'm not sure why. Well, women don't travel alone that much at all, period. They just don't. They don't. They think about it. They do, but they, they're smart. And they think about the hazards and the dangers and the discomforts and the cost. And, and they think, well, adventure is cool and new sites are cool. But, uh, you know, other side of the balance scale, it kind of, you know, my wife wanted to travel a lot like I'm doing now. And we would talk about it endlessly. And she was like, well, you know, God, it's, it's going to be so much trouble. And, 
you know, we'd, we'd just go along like that and the conversation would wither and then she would forget it and think about other things. Um, but some women are very adventuresome and they do like to travel around. If you, if you're a woman and you come to Southeast Asia, what are you going to find? Um, first thing you're going to notice is that Lots and lots and lots of Southeast Asian men are hot. They're handsome. They're thin. They're somewhat muscular. A lot of them work. We're, we're, we're real work, not fucking snowflake work. Real work. And they're, and they're built up a little bit. They got abs, naturally. They don't exercise. They don't go to the gym. They got abs. They got nice tan skin. Good looking men. God, I would kill to look like a lot of Southeast Asian men. Jesus, some of them are handsome. Lots of them are handsome. Okay, so you're going to notice that. Uh, you're also going to notice that they're short. So if you're 5'5", five five, you're kind of freakish. <laughs> um, if you're 5'8", you're the Kraken. You know, you're a big old monster thing. Five Um. Southeast Asian guys will not hit on you ever, ever. They're terminally intimidated by Western women. Scared of them. They're scared. They're not going to hit on you. So if you like one, you're going to have to hit on him, and you're going to have to do it in a matter, in a manner um, similar to what Southeast Asian girls do. You're going to have to be. You can't wait. You can't fucking wait. They're not going to make a first move, probably ever. Maybe a few. Some dickheads will, but you probably don't want those guys. Um, you're going to have to hit on them. You just got to out and out hit on them. And then you got the same language problem that, that the guys do with the girls. Um, they're going to have zero money, pretty much. You're going to have to support everything. Every meal is going to be on you. Every drink is on you. Every taxi is on you. They ain't got nothing. And they never will have. So factor that in. Um, we've talked a lot about the uh, how many guys get scammed by Southeast Asian girls and we're, and we're gonna we're gonna cover that relentlessly nonstop all the way through this because that's it's the biggest problem in Southeast Asia. Uh, second one is corrupt government and law enforcement, but the biggest one is Guys getting ripped off by girls. For a woman, does she have to worry about getting ripped off by a Southeast Asian guy? Oh, yeah. Same thing. Same exact fucking scenario. Same exact thing. I had a friend some years ago, a uh, nice woman, older woman. Well, I say older. She was at that time probably 55, 57. But still nice looking. Nice looking woman. Educated woman. Western woman. And she came by herself. Uh, I don't know why, just for the adventure, I guess. I don't know. She had money. She had a lot of money. And she bought a condo in a condo, lived there for a while. Didn't really like that one, so she bought another one, like another floor or something. And uh, and then I think she didn't like that one. She, bought, she ended up with three of them in that building that she just owned. And she was going to rent the other ones out, and she didn't really want to deal with it. And so she just sort of, they just sort of sat there, you know. Anyway, so she ended up with a, a Thai boyfriend. He was some years younger, not a lot, 
he was 45. That's that's nothing here. That age difference is nothing here in, in the in the U.S. That's you know several lifetimes, but here ages mean five or ten percent what they mean in the Western in the West. So anyway, she lived with this guy for quite a while, and uh, he was okay, okay guy, not bad. Never mistreated her. Wasn't a drunk. Didn't gamble. Didn't fuck around, but she knew of. They all do, but she didn't know of it. Okay, so out of sight, out of mind, I guess. <laughs> you know, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, you know, it doesn't really make any sound. Okay, well, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it does. The squirrels heard it, okay, and the tree heard it. Um. Okay, so this went along for, I don't know, like a year, I think. And they they were just doing their thing. And she had some kind of a weird tax thing going on. I don't know what that was about. Because typically a retired person in Thailand does not have to pay taxes. Anyway, so somehow she decided that these, these two extra condos were some kind of a tax liability thing. And she wanted to dodge some kind of something. I don't know what. And so she said, hey, hey, baby, um, can I put these in your name for six months? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, don't worry about it. Yeah, no problem. Well, you know, you want it back, I'll give them back, don't worry. And so she did, and uh, three months later, he moved out, moved into one of them, but never spoke to her again. And she was pissed. I offered to kill him, you know, just kill him. Lots of jungle here, lots of dark. Rainy places, nobody would know. Oh no, I couldn't do that. Okay, so you just authorized him to do it to the next girl, and the next, and the next, and the next, and the next. You know, she couldn't go to the cops because she was doing something that wasn't really hundred percent legit. The cops wouldn't do anything anyway. He's, he was Thai, you know. The ties are right. Period. Doesn't matter. Um. Okay, so that's common. That's that's so the, it, females are going to get screwed just as much as the guys. I mean, not, not, you know, <laughs> no pun intended. They're going to get scammed. Okay. Um, you are going to be very much subjected to the possibility of rape. It's far more common than the U.S. because law enforcement sucks. Their records suck. Their methods suck. They had a big bombing in Bangkok uh, when I was there. Um, some little fuckhead was pissed off at the government for something, so he blew up a mall, I think, or something. Really fucking blew it up. Really, really blew it up. And a bunch of people were killed. Um, and it was a really big deal. You probably even heard about it on the news. It was a big stinking deal downtown Bangkok. And... Immediately, the FBI and the CIA approached Thai government and said, uh, hey, hey, we just heard this, you know, two minutes ago. Anything we can do, because, you know, we don't want these, we want to know who these guys are, the bombers, and because we don't want them showing up at our place either. You know, please let us in. We'll, we, you can have the use of every forensic goddamn tool we've got. We'll find these motherfuckers. Uh, you know, just say the word, say the word, say the word. And uh, Thai police said, no. No, 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 we, we got it, man. We got it. Um, now I happen to know 
that a number of Thai police were walking around through the, the bomb site, uh, picking up shrapnel from the bomb, and they sold it as souvenirs. Okay, so they're going to find your rapist? No. <laughs> Come on, get real. Um, taxi Taxis will rape you. Um, everybody will rape you. So, and you can't, you're not allowed to carry any kind of weapon anywhere in Southeast Asia. Uh, I mean, you can buy knives and shit like that, but, you know, two or three strong Thai guys, you've got a little fucking knife that's going to break off first time you use it, you know. Okay, so, um, girls, I don't recommend coming to Southeast Asia. Well, no, that's not true. You can, you can. If you if you got good money, you get a nice condo in a nice part of town. Not too many nice parts of Bangkok. Not too many. But there are some nice buildings in Bangkok. You get a nice building, nice secure, really secure building. My building here in the Philippines is so fucking secure, I can't get into it half the time. Jesus Christ, I'll tell you stories later. Um... And you, a lot of people, if you have money, hire a driver, uh, hire a, a permanent full-time driver, and it's going to cost you like, phew, let's see, thousand bucks a month. And that driver is going to be at your beck and call 24-7. He's going to live pretty close. He's going to have a nice car. Fuck the taxis. You're going to go anywhere you want anywhere you want and he's going to wait for you and you don't have to you know try to get a new cab when you're done shopping or whatever um, if you can afford it just do that and a, and a lady alone under those conditions can have a, a pretty nice life um, if you still like expats if you can still stomach them you know get involved in some expat club still have some expat activities where everybody speaks English and all the expats are still expats. Uh, all the shit that you thought you were leaving in a Western country, uh, you're just immersing yourself right back into it. So I don't know what the hell the point of that is. I don't hang around with almost no expats because I wanted to be away from that, from that, from that whole culture. So why should I just come to another location and jump back into it? No, 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 no. But anyway, you can do it. If that's what you want, you can do it. Um, odds of meeting a good Thai guy? Well, you could, you could, oh, oh, okay, let's, let's back up. Could you find a nice expat to be a boyfriend or to marry? No. No, no, <laughs> ain't going to happen. If it happens, it's as rare as a purple unicorn with two penises. You know, it's, uh, I've had a lot of expat women hit on me, but the one with that lost the two condos did. Nice lady. Uh, in the U.S., God, I probably would have married her. But the guys who come here, they have a hundred million choices 
and they wake up to that pretty quickly. Uh, even if most of them are bad, they still have those choices. Um, 100 million. And these guys, these expats, are, there's no reason for them to be interested in a Western lady. There's none. Unless somehow you perform some, per, perform some feat of magic and, and get them to hang around long enough that they fall in love with your heart. You're not going to fall in love with your looks. Sorry. Um, they're going to fall in love with Kim Basinger. I wouldn't date her. Too many far, far prettier girls here who are actually available. So unless you can hook them in and get them hooked to your heart, then, uh, and, and that's not going to happen because they're just, they're not going to give you enough time to, to let that happen, probably. So anyway, you're, you're not going to find a, a Western guy here. Um, the Thai guys are going to be shit, or, the, or the, any other country, doesn't matter. They're going to be shit. They're going to be losers. Especially by Western standards. You're not going to have any kind of conversation. If, if, you, if you're a, what's that term, uh, cougar. If you're a cougar, uh, you're going to have pretty limited luck, even at that. Um, okay, here's here's how here's here's how bad it is. I let me tell the story. Yeah, I guess I mean all stories are going to have value to you. Um, so this story is to explain how difficult it is for girls here to get guys, even hot. Southeast Asian girls. If you're not a, if, if, if you're a semi hot Western woman who's taller than all the guys around you who are intimidated by that, you just forget it. Okay. I had a friend who was, um, she was a Thai girl. Uh, she was a bar girl and she was as crazy as they come. And she made, she, she was really tall for a Thai girl. I don't know, probably. I don't know, maybe 5'10", something like that, and just a knockout in every possible way. And crazy is as crazy does. And she made a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Even by Western standards, she made a lot of money. Because she just going, 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 you know, three, four, five times a day. And she held out for the best prices and she got them. And anyway, she liked me quite a lot because I never hit on her at all because I didn't want a, a bar girl. Uh, so we became friends and pretty good friends. And she liked me and I liked her just as far as that went. And so anyway, she would have these big parties. She would host these huge parties, uh, a particular bar that she went to. And it was a, it was a big, busy bar with a band and a nice bar. And she would reserve a table in that bar usually by the front door. And, well, actually, she'd put together like four tables. And there would be her and usually a couple of her friends and then me and then whatever girlfriend I had at the time. 
That'd be about it, really, about probably like six of us, five or six of us. And she would load that table full of booze like nothing I ever saw in my life. Like nothing I ever saw in my life. Cases of hard liquor. Cases. Who's going to drink this shit? You know, I, I, I can hardly drink at all. I'm a, I'm a really cheap date. You know? <laughs> a glass of wine, I'm under the table. But anyway, she could drink most of it. She was a fish. And she would hire four waiters full time to stand at each corner of this table. And if we even, if our gaze even glanced towards our glass, bam, top it up. Top that puppy up. What do you want, sir? Would you like this? Would you, you want to try this one? It was kind of obnoxious. And, and a number of times you'd have to say, okay, just, just that's enough. Just, you know, just, I'm just going to sit here and drink. Just leave me alone, please. Cup and cream, cup and cream. Okay. And they were first class. I don't know what she paid them. I don't know what she tipped them, but it was big money. And so we had these parties, and they would last all night. Okay, she had a particular friend. Well, all of her friends did this, but she had a particular friend who was just uh, insatiable, and she was hot. She was as hot as I get. She lived with a Falang. Falang uh, took her out of the bar, and he paid her. Paid her an allowance. A lot of money. A lot of money. Like, let's see. Probably, let's see. Somewhere around eight times what she could make in any job. And he just, that was her allowance. She just, he just gave it to her. He had a high-end uh, condo up on the 50th floor. He's a fat old rip piece of goddamn fucking slimy, greasy, drunken shit. Um, and she was the perfect girlfriend because she wanted, she, she wanted that life and she wanted that money. She was a perfect girlfriend. And she was always there because that was, uh, I'm not going to give this main character's real name. What can I call her? Lucy. <laughs> Lucy. Yeah. Okay. Um, she was Lucy's best friend. And, and what was this little girl's name? Uh, let's say her name was April. I'm going to forget these fucking names in a minute anyway. Um, so April did the thing with her flying boyfriend. She did it. And as far as he knew, she was just, he was going to marry her. She was it. He was in hog heaven, happy as a clam, happy as a sea urchin. <laughs> okay, but the reality was, the truth was, and there's always a truth. The truth was, she didn't like fucking him. She didn't like him at all. She didn't like anything about him. Did she loathe him? I think mildly, yes, she loathed him. He's a fat old, stupid, drunken ignorant piece of shit. Um, but she went through the motions and she did the thing and she got the money. Okay, so about once every week or two weeks, Lucy would host one of these parties and we'd all show up there. And April would show up and she'd drink. She'd just down them, just down them, just down them. And she'd get somewhat drunk. And she would excuse herself. Said she had to go outside and get a breath of fresh air. She'd be, she would just step outside and we see her standing out there. She'd smoke a cigarette or whatever and just stand out there with it. And, and this was a soy, just continual, just continual, just mega foot traffic. No cars allowed, just mega foot traffic. And she'd be gone for 30 minutes, something like that. 
And then she'd come back and she'd be pretty goddamn raggedy looking. <laughs> pretty raggedy looking. Like she fell in a mud puddle, you know, like that. Pretty bad. And uh, she'd kind of stagger back into the bar and she'd plop down and go, oh, God, oh, God, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and she would kind of, you know, recompose herself and get going and uh, drink a Red Bull or some damn thing and uh, a few more hits of whiskey and uh, then she'd start getting fidgety again. Fidgety. And she'd, about uh, about 30 minutes, she'd be rested. And she'd say, God, it's just hot in here. I gotta, I gotta get a breath of fresh air. And she'd go out. And I saw this, you know, quite a few times. And I, I finally talked to, to Lucy and, and my girlfriend. I said, what the fuck? What the fucking fuck is going on here? What, what? I've never seen anybody do like this. And, and they looked at me like, oh, you're such a stupid flying moron. You're so fucking naive. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're an idiot. And they said, okay, you stand over there where you, and you look out where you can see her. And you watch what happens. Okay, so she'd stand out there and she'd be there only three to five minutes outside. And every good-looking, hot, young Thai guy who went by, now she was 26, probably 20, 20, maybe 24, like that. Every hot Thai guy that walked by, she'd approach him, let him know she was there, available. Right now. Right fucking now. And I'd watch, a lot of the guys were like, what? What? I, I can't afford you. What the, what the fuck? What are you talking about? You know, no, 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 no. They didn't have to afford her. She paid him. She paid him to go fuck her quickly, 10, 15 minutes somewhere. I don't know. She must have had some kind of room or something. A lot of times in Thailand, they don't really need a room. They'll go to a dark corner. I've seen that in the Philippines too, in, in parks. Sometimes you'll see people fucking on the bench and, you know. So anyway, that's, and, and she got all, got her brains fucked out for 10, 15 minutes. Hot guy, hot guy. And uh, she paid him and he's happy. And then she came back, got rested up, did it again. She would do that probably average of five times for the whole evening. You know, we'd get there at four, leave at three in the morning. So it's freaking 11 hours, you know. Probably five times. Probably five times on average. Sometimes four, sometimes seven. Yeah. Uh, and her boyfriend, the Brit fuck, would call her every, just endlessly, like every 20 to 30 minutes. And she always answered quickly, yeah, yes, baby, yes, baby, I'm here, I'm here, I'm, I'm with Lucy, you know, uh, everything's fine, everything's fine, yeah, I'm here, I'm, I love you, I love you, I love you. Okay. So... If a hot, fire, hot, Thai girl, 24 years old, has to pay Thai guys to fuck them for 15 minutes, how's that going to go for a 40-something white girl? You don't have enough money. Okay, sorry. That's the reality. Uh, are there Western girls who went to Thailand or some other country and found a nice uh, native guy, got married, lived happily ever after? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know. oh, there's that meteor. Micro Micromedia is coming. It's coming. I hear it. It's coming down through the road. It's going to go through the fucking computer right there. Just wait for it. Just wait. Okay. 
that's how that's how common it is that that happens. Okay, so ladies, you could come with a guy. You could bring a white guy, and then you got somebody to hang with, go around with, keep you safe. Now, if a youngish, decent-looking guy is getting hit on by the hottest females on the face of the earth, as many as five times an hour, how long do you think that's going to work out? You can't even trust him to go to 7-Eleven and get you a Pepsi. I mean, he might have the best of intentions. He might be true blue in his heart. But it's going to wear him down. There are some guys who cannot be worn down. My brother-in-law, who blew his brains out, was such a guy. He was the most faithful guy I ever saw in my entire life. Uh, and, and then you look at what she did to him. You, you have to go back to one of the earlier tapes. I don't know. It's one or two or three, probably. Something like that where I explained that. Probably might have been number one. I'm not sure. Um, so there are guys in the world who you truly don't have to worry about. There are way, way, way more guys in the world who you think you don't have to worry about, but you do. In, in an environment like that, I was in an elevator in a, in a upscale mall in a little town, tourist town, and the elevator stopped at one floor, and there was a guy filling with his white wife and like two or three little kids, and they had been shopping. And he wanted to go to another floor to look at something, and they were going to stay on that floor. So right outside the elevator, he, he's talking to him. He says, oh, okay, 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 baby, yeah, I'm going to go down. I'm going to look in the sporting goods, you know, something like that. And, uh, you know, about 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I'll meet you right back here. You know, don't worry. Floor three, don't worry. So he stepped in, and there's just me and a girlfriend. And he stepped in, and right behind him stepped in this stunningly hot Thai girl. I mean, lots of Thai girls are 10. She was a 10.5. And she stood in one corner, and he stood in the other corner, and he was looking pretty uncomfortable, and she was looking at him. Just the slightest little smile. And we were going a few floors and nobody else got on. And he just, he just he kept sneaking looks. He just couldn't stop himself. He just couldn't stop. He'd never seen anything like that in his life. And she knew what was going on. You know, the instant they both stepped on there, she knew it. She was a pro. And she finally just looked at him straight in the eye. Now, a prostitute, a freelancer, Thailand, at, at that time, probably going to go for a thousand baht. You know, a higher end one, fifteen hundred baht, or really top of the line, two thousand baht. Um, and she just looked at him and he finally looked at her like, oh, I'm fucked. And she kind of took her hands and motioned down towards her body. She said, you want this? Five thousand baht. And he's like, I thought he was going to faint. And uh, 
the next floor that came up, they took hands and she let him off. Probably gone 20, 30 minutes. Went back to wifey and uh, kitties. Ah, uh, they didn't really have any sporting goods I liked, you know. Kind of tired now, I think. I, let's, let's go back to the hotel, you know. That was in the fucking uh, Hilton. It was in the Hilton. Okay. Don't take a white guy to Southeast Asia. It's not going to work out. Whatever relationship you had, there's about a 98.9% chance it's going to turn out to be not the relationship you thought you had. So just don't even do it. Just go along. Go with some girlfriends, maybe. It's a tough place for ladies alone, white white ladies alone. It's a tough place. There's really not much of an upside. Um, go see the sights. You know, take a lot of pictures. I can't even count how many white girls have been killed in Thailand alone. Lots of them. Uh, we had a uh, around the world world famous bicyclist um, riding across Thailand one time. She'd ridden around the world, and I think Thailand was close to the end of her trip, around the world. And she got killed. It's a, it's a rough place. All of Southeast Asia is a rough place, except Singapore and, to some degree, Malaysia. Um, okay, so, there we've covered women in Thailand. <laughs> That's about all there's to say about women in Thailand. Um... If you're going to take your husband down there, have him castrated first. It's the only way. If he loves you, he's going to do it, baby. He'll say, no problem, okay. You forever. <laughs> it better be. Because you can't put that sucker back on. All right. So, you're in Bangkok. I've told you how to talk to the guys now. I've told you how to, oh, maybe, maybe gay people want to know what the gay situation is in, in Thailand. It's fucking big. It's wide open for ladies and, and for guys. It's wide open. It's probably, I don't know, Amsterdam might be hotter. I don't know of any other place hotter than those two places for the gay scene. It's wide open. It's just wide open. No stigma. There's no nothing. For women and for men. Just go. Enjoy yourself. Do, live. Live. Life. Live it. Fucking gobble it up. No, I don't. Oh, that was a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you're the, for the guys. You're, you're in Bangkok. You're in this hotel. The hotel's nice. You're happy. Um, I told you how to learn a little bit of Thai and get your translator going and then... And how to kind of sort of maybe not get screwed on the taxis. You know, now they got Uber. No, they got, what do they got over there? They had, when Uber and Grab came in, they had big wars and the regular taxi guys beat them up, killed a few of them, I think. Because uh, they were going to do a better job and get the business and corrupt ties can't have that. Oh God, fuck that shit. Oh, that, that, that's evil. Okay, so. But they're finally in there now. One of them or both of them. I'm not sure. I think one of them pulled up, pulled out and left. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure Grab is still there. Grab is, well, it's in Philippines. I think Grab is around just about every place. I don't know about Uber anymore. Uber just seemed to make a lot of mistakes in their business model and they didn't, weren't able to keep going in a lot of 
locations. I don't know why. Anyway, just just do the grab. If you can get a grab, do the fucking grab. Just do the grab, do the grab really seriously. Just, okay. Once you got the grab and once you know where you're going, you're going to be okay pretty much. Grab is seldom going to fuck you. Sometimes I've been fucked by them, but not too much. Um, sometimes, you, like my credit card is plugged into my grab account. And sometimes they would say, no, I never got the money. No, you must pay in cash now. And so I know, oh, fucking in a hurry, people waiting for me to pay in cash. You know, it's, it's like a dollar eighty or some goddamn thing to go 20 fucking miles. You know, it's, it costs nothing. And uh, so you just pay in the cash and you get out. And then later you look at your account. Well, yeah, they did get paid on the credit card. And they'll do that pretty often. But you call a company, you send a chat and you say, look, I paid him. I paid him in cash. You know, sometimes you get your money back, sometimes not. But it's. It's a dollar eighty, or you know, it's it's not really worth having much of an argument over. Um, okay, so you got your few Thai phrases, you got your translator, and you're going around, and you're taking the taxis, and you're getting, not getting ripped off too bad, and you're going to restaurants. We talked about food poisoning. We're going to talk about that a lot more. Um, don't eat the street food. Street food, just well, no, 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 no. That's that's not true. If you have a smart Thai partner of some type. They can, they often know, um, they can look at a street stall and, and just in, they instinctively know, well, that one's maybe safe and that one's probably not safe. Okay. And, and they're, they're not going to be infallible. They can still get you poisoned and get themselves poisoned a lot, but they're going to be better at assessing, assessing, um, the food, the, the street food stalls. They're going to be better at than you are. And street food is, is the thing. It's the thing. It's, uh, you're going to find four lane boulevards that are only two lanes because the sidewalk is taken full of, uh, food stalls and the first lane is taken full of food stalls. Period. Uh, street food is king. And it's good. God, it's some of the tastiest food on the planet. Oh, Jesus. I ate, I ate pretty much nothing but street food for like the first three years. Um, and I just, Kept getting sick and started getting sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. Um, finally went in for a, what do they call that? Endoscopy something. They stick a fucking rotor rooter thing down your throat and they knock you out. Look around in your stomach and my stomach was ravaged. Raw and ravaged from repeated food poisonings. And it just got worse and worse and I got more and more sensitive to any kind of food. Uh, that was the year that I was hospitalized, ER, fucking emergency shit for, uh, well, 10 times that one year, 10 times. Had insurance. Uh, I was always in for three days, sometimes five or seven. Uh, one time it had actually ruptured my stomach and I was bleeding to death. I didn't know it. I just got weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And finally I, oh God, I had a tight girlfriend. And she'd been taking care of me in my condo, and I finally said to God, I, I, that's it. I, I, I'm not going to beat this thing. I need an ambulance. And uh, she packed her stuff and walked out. And I don't remember how I got the ambulance. But I did. How'd I do that? I must have called somebody. I don't know. Anyway, I got an ambulance, went to the hospital. I, I got uh, six units of blood that time. Because I was pretty close to dead. It took me about a month to regain my balance because I was just out of it. Just out of it. 
Um, so street food. No. Nine. Yet. Um, you want to be adventuresome, you know, if you got, if you think you got a particularly strong stomach, uh, try it, you know. God, you're, you're playing Russian roulette. Uh, and it doesn't always matter how much you eat. Um, e some strains of E. coli. So some things like salmonella, you eat a lot of salmonella, you get more sick, you eat a little bit, you get less sick, you know, like that, kind of like that. Um, and with some E. coli's also, that's the way it works. With some, however, it doesn't matter. There's a shitload of strains of E. coli, like 117 or something, I don't know. Uh, there's one strain or a few strains where as few as 12 organisms will give you full-blown fucking E. coli. That's all it takes, 12. I mean, you can get that from sniffing the fucking chicken, you know. Oh, Jesus. I probably had, I, I don't know what my insurance paid out that one year. Um, God, I don't know. Can't even calculate it. To go to the ER, okay, I went only to the very best hospital. I went to Bangkok, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Bangkok Hospital, yeah. It, it was the best one I knew of at the time. It was high-end, high-end. Uh, certainly nicer than anything I ever saw in the U.S. Um, to get into the ER was, I don't know. I Well, I, I, the only thing I remember is a three-day stay was about 30,000 bucks, about 1,000 bucks. And the care was, I can't even describe it. Um, I always got a huge private room, couple of sofas, uh, kitchenette, um, huge bathroom so people could go in and help you if they needed to. Um, my girlfriend at that time, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's a social thing to invite all the friends to come to the hospital where their boyfriend is. And sometimes I, I had to call the nurse and she'd get him, get him out, get him out. The kids are running around, you know, poking me and screaming and get him out, get him out. You know, I don't have the strength to kill him, but if I did, I would, you know, uh, ties are like that a lot. But anyway, um, you would have, I don't think you ever went 30 minutes without a nurse checking on you. And they were polite and sweet and caring. Every test under the sun was done. Well, because it had insurance. Uh, if you don't have insurance and you don't have cash, you're probably going to die. Um, and in that particular hospital, I was living close to that hospital, and in that particular hospital, they had two phalangs come in on the same day. They didn't know each other, strangers. Two of them came in on the same day, like an hour apart. They both had strokes. Okay, the first thing you do, first thing they do, the hospital does, when you come in off the ambulance, they go through your pockets. They pull out all your credit cards and your cash. They take the cash. It's gone. Uh, if you get any, looks like high-end jewelry, they take that and put it in a quote-unquote safe place. Um, they take every credit card and they max it. They max it, every credit card. Max it. Reserve the funds. Um, they'll refund them later if you live, you know, or whatever, but they'll max every card if you don't have insurance. Um, and, and if you, if they were able to extract enough money 
to cover the initial diagnosis, maybe some treatments, then they'll go ahead and, and start working on you. If they couldn't get enough, put you on a gurney, put you downstairs, call the police. Sometimes they have put people out on the front steps and you'll die. You'll die. Uh, both of these guys on that particular day died because they couldn't get enough money off their cards to to start treatment that they thought was, uh, they th you know, hospital thought, well, that's, that's not enough to cover it, so fuck them. They could die. And they did. Two of them. Same day. Two Western guys. That's pretty much anywhere in Southeast Asia, even the Philippines. Uh, you might get some hospitals, if, if, if they got a little money off your credit cards, or if you're a local guy, maybe you own, uh, well, you can't own property, but maybe you own a condo or something like that, something they can attach. Um, maybe they'll go ahead and gamble on treating you in some way. Um, or maybe not. they don't care. Uh, the nurses seem to very often genuinely care. I, I, I got just some of the finest, love, most loving treatment. No, not some of. The most loving, caring treatment I've ever had in my life. Even from a girlfriend or a wife. From Thai nurses. And Filipinos are famous for it too. Maybe more so than Thais. Um, Thais, Thai girls will steal your fucking bank account. But they'll take care of you, usually. Except for that one that ran away when I wanted the ambulance. And she came back later after I was well and... Oh, can we try it again, baby? Sure, baby. See that Rottweiler over there? I want you to fuck him a couple of times. Just show me you love me. You know? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But that's how you feel after something like that. Um, okay, so how do we get off on that one? Medical. Oh, food. Oh, uh, street, street food and medical shit. Um, you can self-treat pretty well in Thailand. Everything is over the counter. Everything, every kind of antibiotic. When I first got there, we were buying, uh, I, had, I had this weird sleeping pill thing that I liked. And it was a class C uh, narcotic. Uh, and I just got it over the counter for years. Really nice stuff. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a bad, bad thing in the Western country. Um, I have, except, and then they discontinued that. Then they, they made that hard to get. You can still get it. Go get a prescription or, or bribe somebody. You can, you can bribe and get pretty much anything you want. The pharmacies are just wide open. Is that a bad thing? Well, it kind of is because a lot of stuff gets misused. Um, antibiotics especially get used improperly. God, I don't know pretty much every goddamn time. You know, people get sick with some fucking thing, or maybe it's a virus. They don't even need an antibiotic. It's not going to do anything at all. But they'll go buy some whatever and uh, take it for, and then, and then three days later, they feel better or they stop taking it. Well, of course, all that does is embolden the bacteria, you know, or whatever was getting them. Not the virus, but the bacteria. Um, and the other thing is, if you try to self-treat, and you start dicking around on the internet. Even the very best medical sites, they get wildly conflicting information. 
They make mistakes about treatments and diagnosis, diagnoses, and uh, it's a fucking jungle. I can't count how many times when I, I thought I had something and I would pin it down. I said, oh my God, okay, that's it. That's what I've got for sure. Everything fits. And they would say, okay, for this, you take this. Okay, go buy it. Um, and you take it. Maybe it makes you deathly fucking ill. Or maybe it doesn't do anything at all. And then you go to another big medical site like Mayo Clinic or WebMD or some fucking thing. And maybe both of them have conflicting information. Okay, if, if you got this, you should take this. And then WebMD says, well, if you got the same thing, you should take this other thing because that first thing is bad. You know, So self-treating is really, it's far more dangerous than you think. The doctors will tell you this, but you don't believe it. And I didn't used to believe it. I pretty much believe it now because I've fucked myself up too many times. <laughs> okay, I mean, you know, the guy who buys an airplane teaches himself to fly it. You know, that's not a guy who often follows, <laughs> you know, medical advice. <laughs> but I should have. My health overall would be better if I had. But I didn't because I'm stupid. <laughs> so don't be one. Don't be me. Uh, doctors are really, really cheap. Um, really cheap. Really cheap. Uh, let's see. To go, to go see a doctor in, to go see a high-end doctor in the hospital. Uh, in Thailand was like 60 bucks US. Uh, you go see a, a regular doctor, you know, outside the city, it's going to be 20 bucks. Um, their level of expertise is pretty good. A lot of them, maybe most of them were trained in the US. Um, their level of expertise still is not up to US standards, but fuck, I've had bad stuff that happened, bad doctor decisions in the U.S. too. Um, you gotta, crazy shit can happen in Southeast Asia in the medical field. Um, there was a village in uh, Cambodia, and by the way, they don't, down there, it's not called Cambodia, it's called Kambusha. Okay, because that, that's closer to the old original name. Of, okay, Kambusha. All right. uh, so, in Cambodia, years ago, there was a village, and the population was declining over a long, long time, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years or something like that, population just declining, declining, declining. And nobody could figure it out. Um, and finally, when the population it got down to the point where like only like 30% of the people were remaining, and they couldn't, they couldn't get a, a handle on it because... There seemed to be no rhyme or reason to the people who were dying. They were old and young and in between and healthy and unhealthy and they had this and they didn't have this and they it was just everybody. And finally, some, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a group of American medical investigator types went in there with a, with a little team because they wanted to know what in the God hell is going on. This has been going on for whatever, 15 years. What the fucking fuck? And the, the village had one doctor. Uh, and they start going through his records and just, you know, grilling and grilling and grilling and grilling. And what did you treat this for? What did, what, what did you give them? You know, and it, and it all seemed to be pretty much correct. And they, they were just tearing their hair out trying to figure out what the fucking hell? Why are these people dying? Nobody else around here is dying. Only this village. Okay. Turned out 
This doctor, U.S. trained, U.S. trained, fluent English, had been using the same syringe and needle every single patient for years and years and years and years. Never sterilized them, never swapped them out. Maybe rinsed them in tap water, I don't know. Maybe not even that. And they all had HIV. He's in jail. No, I don't know for how long, but he had been in jail for maybe ten years when I, maybe eight years when I first found the story. But um, okay, so here's what I advise: if you're healthy, if you're youngish and healthy, maybe you can get away without doing this. If you're a little bit older and you got even any medical problems at all or you think you might have, before you leave, before you leave your Western country, you make a deal with some doctor, preferably a doctor who knows you and you've seen many times, you know, your doctor, okay? And you tell him, hey, I'm going to Southeast Asia. I need to set up a deal with you. I need to consult with you, or I may need to consult with you from time to time. What are you gonna charge me for a phone call? Because you got my records, you know my history, you know. Um, even if I go to a doctor, in Southeast Asia, and he says, do this and this, I want to call you. See if you concur or disagree. And you just work out an arrangement with him like that. And you do it. You call him. Uh, I wish I had in some number of cases, many of which relating to street food. <laughs> oh, hell. Um, that's what I recommend you do. And if you, if you don't ever call him, you don't owe him anything. But, you know, get, get that established before you go. Uh, I'll tell you another weird-ass thing. The bugs in Southeast Asia are strong. They aren't no wimpy goddamn... Well, I was going to say something really stupid. I was going to say they aren't no wimpy pussy bugs. Well, they are pussy bugs. <laughs> Pun intended. Um... But most everything, every kind of bacterial infection down there is strong. It's strong. Things down there are strong. The fucking cats are strong. Everything down there is strong. The girls tend to be strong because they, it's, it's more of a survival of the fittest atmosphere for everything. I, I guess even for the bacteria. I don't know. Okay. If you get an STD, well, if you get, if you get HIV, you're fucked. Your life is fucked. They got a lot of new treatments and you, you can live on, but you, God, it's going to cost you a fortune in meds and, oh, jeez, don't, uh, you're not even going to go there. Um, and HIV is rampant down there because nobody will use a condom. But anyway, if you get a normal STD and you go to the doctor, <laughs> you're going to get hit with a dose of abs antibiotics. They're going to start you. They're going to first dose. They're going to start you at perhaps four times the maximum dose of the U.S. for the same antibiotic. Because the bugs are strongish. <laughs> uh, I got something down there one time. We'll discuss that later. <laughs> I got something. And I, you know. Okay, been there, done that. 
been around the world two and a half times, you know, fuck, you know. Okay, go to the doctor. You get out, shot in the ass. Okay, done. Oh, no, actually, no, I tried treating it. I went and bought, I researched it. I went and bought some oral abs and took those for like 10 days, two weeks. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. I thought, okay, well, time to get to the bottom of this. And so I went into the doctor and uh, got a lady doctor at first. She didn't like phalanx, so she was kind of rough. Like, <laughs> And anyway, uh, got diagnosed. They didn't know what it was. They just knew it was both gram positive and gram negative. They knew it was both of those. So they gave me a dose in the ass. Like, okay, go home. You know, usually five days, six days, seven days, you're good to go. Only uh, I wasn't. After about three weeks, just no change at all. No fucking change. And so I went back. said, hey, no change. <laughs> you know, still got a problem. And he's like, oh, well then. Uh, okay, come on back here, pull your pants down. And I got a huge fucking shot to the ass. And he said, okay, that should fix you. You know, <laughs> that doesn't fix you up or kill you. Then you know, I don't know what I can do. And uh, a couple of weeks later, no change at all. And I thought, oh, well, now this is getting kind of serious. You know, this now we're in it over a month, way over a month. Well, probably like six weeks. And I thought, fuck, fuck, fuck. What, what the hell? What the hell? Um, and so I went back again. I said, God, I, I'm sorry, but you know, this is no better at all. This, this is really getting kind of serious. And he's like, uh, okay, let me read some more on this thing you've got, whatever it is. And uh, I'll give you a call. So I went home it was like a week later. <laughs> he calls and he said, okay, come on in. So I went in and he says, okay, I got a new treatment. I said, oh God. And he said, you know, lay down there and pull your pants down and this is going to fucking hurt. This is going to fucking hurt you. You want to scream and cry? That's okay. Want me to tie you down? No. no I don't think so. <laughs> um, so I lay down there and he pulled out this motherfucking goddamn thing. Sometimes when we had to shoot abs into horses, we used syringes. I don't know what they were. They were like a, a pint. You know, held like a pint. I don't think fucking thing. You had to use two hands to hold them almost. Huge fucking syringes. And that's what this looked like. And the, the needle, I swear to God, damn God, I swear, I swear that needle was 12 or 13 inches long. <laughs> you know, no, it wasn't. But it was certainly the biggest needle I ever got jabbed with. It was. Jesus, like a fucking sharpened garden hose. Son of a bitch. It was horrible. And I, I thought, oh God, this is, yeah. Yeah, he's right. This is going to fucking hurt. This is going to fucking hurt. And he jabbed it. I started pumping that in. And he would go a little bit and he'd kind of lean over and look at me. And I had this thing in my head. It, it hurt like a fucking lightning bolt through your crotch. You know, oh my God, it fucking hurt. But I had this thing. I wasn't going to show him that it hurt, you know. I mean, I, I used to have a tattoo school and, you know, some people... Not going to show you the pain. Some are going to scream and cry. I, was, I wasn't going to be one of them. <laughs> so I, I'm just stoic. Not an expression, not a movement. Just lightning bolts going all the way from my ass up through my brain, shooting out the top of my head. You know, going to hurt me in my previous life. <laughs> you know, and in the next one too, I'm sure. It fucking hurt. And he kept pumping that thing and kept pumping. And finally he stopped about halfway through and he said, doesn't this hurt? 
And I said, yeah. <laughs> he, just, he thought I was crazy or something. Anyway, he pumped that turkey, turkey in. And I swear to God, it was a pint. Half, half pint at least. <laughs> and he got done. And uh, he said, okay, now listen to me. If this doesn't work, don't come back. There's nothing more I can do. Now digest that. I thought, oh, uh, wait a minute, you're the doctor. You can fix everything. I didn't say that, but he said, just, just don't come back. You know, that's it, I'm done. This, this, all the treatments I've got. And I thought, well, okay, okay, if it, if it doesn't work, you know, I, whatever this shit was, I want more of it because he said this was a special something, special ab, you know. And I, and I said, well, I, I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, if, if he won't give it to me again, somebody else will, you know, because I ain't going to die from a fucking STD. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to go the rest of my life with an STD. And I said, okay, write down the name of it, please, because uh, I want to know what this stuff was. So, you know, if it doesn't work, I can tell the next doctor it didn't work. Or if it works, I can, you know, I'll know what it was. If I ever get it again, I'll know what this was. And he, he just threw up his hands. He said, oh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Some friend just gave it to me. Okay, the wheels should be turning up there. The whole rusty little gear should be turning up there in the top of your brain. Um, that's Southeast Asian medicine. Okay. I got lots more stories. Don't worry. So, there you are. You're in Bangkok. Amazingly, we got a little bit of time left. <laughs> I know just how far I can go now and still be able to render the files without my computer melting down. I got to put special fans on and shit <laughs> to be able to render the files. Um, you're in Bangkok. You figured out some kind of way to live. Your hotel is okay. You're paying by the week, paying by the month. It's nice. It's cheap. Uh, you're staying away from the street food. Um, in some countries like Cambodia, I don't eat any food except packaged food from the grocery store because in Cambodia, it's far worse. You're going to get sick. God, I don't know. One out of two times you eat out and around, whether it's street food or in a nice restaurant. Oh, Jesus, I just stopped eating out completely. And, and my girlfriends did too. Girlfriends, plural. Just gave it up. Ah, oh, it's a dirty, 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 dirty fucking place in every possible way. Anyway, you've given up the street food. You have maybe kind of sort of learned which restaurants might be clean and which ones won't. Part of the problem is it's hot. And so anything that could possibly spoil is going to spoil. You know, it comes in in a fucking motorbike taxi or some goddamn thing to the restaurant or the back of a pickup in the sun. And maybe they stop and they got to go take a crap and they're in there for 30 minutes and it's baking in the sun and they give it to the restaurant and the restaurant throws it in the fridge and they think that they're just all good to go. They don't understand anything about food handling and no one can teach them, especially in Thailand, because they'll just say, well, up to me. 
to me. That's their favorite fucking phrase, up to me. You cannot teach them anything. They don't want to learn. I can't remember if I told you this particular story. I was in a school, a grade school or junior high, something like that, up in northern Thailand. And uh, I walked in there. I was going to wait for the kiddies to come in and talk to them about being a phalang or something. And in the back of the classroom was a, uh, a globe, world globe. And a biggish one, you know, really big, probably, let's see, two and a half feet, probably two and a half feet diameter. And it looked odd, and I thought, what the hell? What the hell is that? That's a weird-looking thing. And I walked back there, and you could see the oceans. couldn't see anything else. It was all blacked out with magic marker. Every country, every country, every place there was land was blacked out with magic marker. Why the, why the fuck would you do that? What, what is that about? And I turned it. Oh, there's one little place that's not blacked out. It's Thailand. That's the center of the universe. It's the only place worth knowing about. The rest of the world doesn't matter. So you're not going to teach Thais anything, even if they're getting sick, throwing up, shitting. And you say, look, you know, you left that chicken out on the counter all goddamn night, didn't you? And this afternoon you ate it, didn't you? Yes. And now you're shitting and puking. Yeah. It's because that chicken went bad. No, Thais can eat that. Yeah, that's why you're puking and propelling yourself across the bathroom floor with a fucking jet stream coming out of your ass. Because ties can't eat that. No, they can't. No, no, no living thing can fucking eat that. Maybe a bear. I don't know, but not you. Not humans. Up to me. Okay. Shit your brains out. Up to you. I don't care. That's how it's going to go. So, some restaurants are going to have better food handling practices than others. Some are going to have none at all. They're going to poison two-thirds of the people who ever come in there. And Thais don't complain. So they don't go back to the restaurant and say, hey, last night I ate your fucking fried chicken. I puked my guts out on it. They're never, ever, 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 ever going to do that. Ever. So the restaurants don't know. Even if they knew, they don't care. Um, some people claim that the Muslim street food vendors are cleaner. And I have no idea if that's true. I know that I never got sick from a Muslim street food vendor, but that could have been just the luck of the draw. I don't know. But some people will claim that that's true. I just have no idea if it's really true. You'd have to study it scientifically, you know. Uh, they don't know how, how to handle food. You can't tell them. They can't learn. They won't learn. They don't care. Getting sick in Thailand is part of life. They were getting sick since they were a baby. Part of life. There's nowhere else in the world where you don't get sick. That's just life. That's just how it is. That's Everybody gets sick, right? All the time. Around the world. Everybody. No, they don't. Okay. So, you got some places you figured out how to eat, or, or if you're getting sick everywhere you go, then you start going to the grocery store or 7-Eleven, you get packaged stuff. You're going to find that ingredients... If they're labeled at all, they're probably going to be labeled in Thai. They're probably going to be mislabeled. They're going to say gluten-free. They're going to be loaded with fucking gluten or whatever. Um, or they're not going to have any ingredient labels at all. So you're going to get poisoned sometimes, probably not bacterially, but from bad ingredients. 
you're going to get that shit, even from 7-Eleven. Uh, we had a big outbreak down here of um, listeria in uh, haagen ice cream bars. <sighs> I loved them. Favorite bars. I ate them all the time. And then I started getting sick, and I got sick like three times in a row from haagen ice cream bar. And looked it up. Yep. Big recall. And and they and they had a bunch of other goddamn fucking poison shit that had gone in there somehow, and people were getting sick around the world. So that wasn't a, a Thai thing or a Southeast Asia thing, but where do they come? They they come out of fucking Israel or something like that. I think that's where the main headquarters is. I can't remember, but anyway, a lot of those ended up in Southeast Asia. Um, rice is a huge dish. Well, that's a staple food. It's a staple food. They, they, that's what they eat. If they have something else, they'll eat that too. But if they don't have anything else, then they eat rice. Um, there's a thing that can happen to rice. You cook it in the rice cooker and you eat what you want. And then there's some left over and you let it sit overnight in the rice cooker. And you get up in the morning, you eat a little more and you die. Lots of people. Lots of people from that. It's this weird fucking thing that happens to rice. Rice can form this weird-ass bacteria that will kill you. It has killed whole families. Uh, you know, lots of stuff is going to kill you. Like that. It's going to just kill you. That's why the life expectancy in, in Taiwan, well, it's one reason the life expectancy in, well, in all Southeast Asia countries is so low. Because there's too many things that will kill you. Um, okay, so you're in Bangkok. you got this stuff figured out. You've been there a month or two, and life is clicking along, and you're thinking, man, you know, maybe this is okay. Uh, maybe you've been to a local doctor once. His English was kind of sort of passable, and you got treated, and you were okay. And um, You met a girl or two, and they were kind of sort of okay. And until they stole your credit card, you know. To cancel it, shit like that. Anyway, it's just, it's just life. You're just going along. Um, sooner or later, could be two months, it could be two years, you're going to get tired of Bangkok. Uh, it's busy and it's loud and it stinks. Oh, fucking God, the smell. Because a lot of the sewers just run through the, the, uh, the sewer, well, the, the drainage culverts that are immediately underground. So depending on the winds and the air pressure and stuff like that, you're, 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 I don't really smell it anymore. When I first got there, first couple of years, I, I would gag. I mean, literally I would gag at the smells. Uh, and I got used to it just like the ties do. Um, they don't smell it. They kind of sort of, if you bring it up to them, they're, oh yeah, well that's the sewer, you know, but they do, they're, they don't really smell it. They just, uh, I suspect that's what happened in the old, old, old days, you know, in Rome or whatever, where the sewers were open going through the streets. Uh, the human, there seems to be one odor that the human brain is capable of masking out. You just don't smell it anymore. You're barely aware of it. Maybe not even at all. Except for really bad days or, you know, something like that. Uh, the smells are going to, they're going to be amazing, both good and bad. Smells. No way I can communicate to you the smells. you got to smell them. There's no kind of video or book that can give you the smells. 
where the sounds are. Well, the, you can get the sounds off a of video, but not, not really. It's not going to be an immersive experience. Surround sound maybe would give that to you. I don't have any way to make surround sound, or I would. <laughs> that might actually be a good experiment in a, like in a busy bar soy or a busy market, something like that. Set up surround microphones, four or five points. And no way I can give you the smells, though. I can't bottle the smells and sell them. Wish I could. They're amazing. They're, they're a big part of Southeast Asian life, the smells. Uh, they're a big part of the whole experience. They're a far bigger part than you can imagine. You'll, you'll know it your first day. You'll know it. You're like, oh, fuck, nobody told me about that. Or if they did, I didn't get it. Uh, good and bad, amazing, beyond your comprehension. Stunning, stunning smells. Make you throw up and make you wish you had bigger lungs so you never had to stop to exhale. Um, go through some of the pictures on uh, stockphotosworldwide.com. Uh, particularly look at some of the motorbike pictures where I was sitting doing snaps from a, kind of a hiding place in a, in a soy where I was getting the motorbikes. Um, all the crazy things they're carrying, stuff they're doing. God, I lived for that. That's a big part of what I wanted to be in Southeast Asia for was the freedom to see and experience life with a capital L. Just look through those pictures. There's a shitload of pages. I mean, there's like, I don't know, 50 or 60 pages of, of big color pictures. You've got to scroll down. A little ways to get to, uh, it'll say page one, page two, page three, like that. And I, I didn't really organize them. I just, uh, you know, because I'm lazy bastard. Um, go through some of those and you'll, you'll begin to start getting a feel for the, the freedom of life that you have in almost all Southeast Asian countries. Uh, you look at the crazy shit that people are doing on motorbikes. Okay. That's, that's only middle of the road. That's, that's, not really all that crazy. Go to, uh, oh, you got to fucking Vietnam. Jesus Christ, I saw shit in Vietnam on motorbikes, even right in the middle of Saigon. I saw a guy carrying a full-size refrigerator on the back of a 125cc fucking little moped kind of a thing, a full-size refrigerator upright on the back, strapped there. He's riding through the fucking traffic. I love it. God, I fucking love it. That's what I live for. That. That's it. That's it. I'm in heaven when I see that shit. Absolute heaven. That's, that's, makes it all worthwhile. That right there. You're not going to see that too much in Bangkok. You're not going to see really crazy, amazing shit like that on the streets. Not too much. Um, do avail yourself of the motorbike taxis. Don't always take a stupid air conditioned cab. Uh, I took motorbike taxis all around Bangkok. There's a fair chance you'll get killed or crippled. I've known people. Knew him well, who got crippled on motorbikes or motorbike taxis in Bangkok. It's fucking dangerous. Um, I took one one night. I had, I went up there to meet a girl. She turned out to be a really sweet girl, but not a girl for me. I just, uh, she was on a scale of attraction. She was an eight on a one to 10. 
uh, why settle for an eight when you get tens everywhere? 10.5s, whatever. And sweet girl, good girl, straight girl, solid girl. I'm a fool. I'm a fool. And I let her go. Anyway, first night I met her, I was in a hotel, downtown Bangkok, and she wanted to go out to eat. Okay, so we get in cab or some goddamn thing, and we go somewhere a few miles away, five miles, something like that. We go to whatever restaurant she wanted. We ate. Had a nice dinner. And then uh, at the after we get done with dinner, I'm like, okay, well, it's really nice to meet you, you know. And uh, I can get you a cab, you know, go home. And she lived quite a ways away. It was like 15 miles outside of town, something like that. And she's like, oh, no, 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 it's a, it's 9 o'clock. No, it's too late. If I go home in a cab now, I'll get raped. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't think so. You know, I, you know, this is not my culture, but really, I, nine o'clock is not that late. And, you know, I'll take a picture of the car and the license plate and the driver and shit like that when I put you in there. I don't think you're going to get raped. You know, it's okay. I'll, I'll give you the money to, you know, it's okay. I'm pretty sure it's okay. And she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't get in the fucking cab. She would not get in the fucking cab. She would not. And I figured out later why. But, um, nothing I could do. I, she's, I, I go in the morning, I go in the morning, I go tomorrow. Well, okay, I, oh, then I guess I got to put you in a hotel, you know? No, I'm scared to stay alone. Oh, fuck me, fuck me. Well, that was her whole idea. And so I ended up, had no choice, I had to take her to my hotel. Only had one bed. And I, she was a nice girl, but I, the attraction just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. I'm sorry. If it's not there, it's not there. It isn't, you know, it just isn't that you can't invent it. You, you can't manufacture it. It's just not there. It's not there. <laughs> and it wasn't. Uh, could have been a really good friend. That's it. But anyway, so she had to sleep in the bed. And of course, in the middle of the night, you know, she's on me and kissing, kissing, kissing and you know, guys are guys. Guys are fucking animals. They're fucking animals. They're, they're, they're worthless pieces of shit. They are. I'm sorry they are. And, uh, you know, whatever. And then in the morning, it's like, well, you know, okay, I, I'll, I'll get you a cab now. And, uh, you know, I'll call you. I'll call you. Well, I thought you were going to stay three more days. Well, no, I, I, it's, uh, I got something I got to do. I remembered I got to, I got to do something back in my home, you know. And she pretty much knew what was up because I wasn't into the whole night at all. Just basically got raped. And uh, anyway, <laughs> I didn't need to go this far in the story. The story that I wanted to tell was we got done with dinner that night. And we had to go back to my hotel once we decided we were going to my hotel and nowhere else. And it was quite a ways. Like it's five miles. And five miles is a long fucking way in Bangkok, downtown Bangkok. That's a long fucking ride. That's a long fucking ride. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And they couldn't... Sometimes you can put three on a motorbike, but it's really not a good deal. Um, it depends on the model of the motorbike, too. And in Bangkok, Downtown Bangkok, no, it's just not a good thing. So anyway, we got two motorbikes, and we're each on one. Okay, so 
we got ready to start off for my hotel and they both knew where they were going. Both the drivers knew where they were going. And one of them did something. He checked his phone or something. And he says, Oh fuck. They got a fucking roadblock somewhere, somewhere along our route. And that's how the Thai police does it. They, they don't really have cop cars go around and stop people. They just put up roadblocks. Uh, and, and I'll tell you about those later and what, what they entail. They're kind of nasty. They can be pretty fucking nasty. They can be, not always. Well, not usually. Usually they're fine, but they can be nasty. Anyway, and they said, well, fuck, we can't, we can't go straight to your hotel. You know, we're, we're going to go way around this roadblock and really afar. You know, this is going to be 30 minutes or more. And, you know, the price was still just pennies. I didn't care. And I thought we were going to go together. Uh, nope. They decided each one of them had a different idea about what was the best way to get around this huge roadblock thing that the uh, Thai police had going on. And, and so we went separate ways. We were going to have a race, see who got to my hotel first. And the girl didn't like this. You know, she's like, oh, fuck, they're going to rate me. They're going to rate me. And, you know, I took a picture of the motorbike and the guy and that license plate. And I said, fucking Jesus Christ. Uh, she was a, she had a little farm outside of town somewhere. She was a nice, traditional Thai girl. And I'm telling you again, you know, look, 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 look I'm, I'm going to punish myself. Because I haven't been punished enough for letting her go. So, I hope my glasses don't fall off. But I deserve this. And every, every fucking girl out there who's listening to this, they want me to do this. And they're correct. I should do this. This is going to hurt. <laughs> but I deserve it. Okay. Fucking asshole. Fucking asshole. Fucking asshole. Oh! Fuck! Booyah! Fucking! Is that enough? Didn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a little better. I should do that every hour for, you know, like six months. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> we took off, gone separate ways, racing to my hotel. And this guy, my driver, I don't know what the other, well, the other guy must have been just as fucking crazy because we arrived at the exact same instant, completely different routes. The guy I was with, crazy motherfucker. Okay. Remember that scene in, uh, it's one of the Die Hard movies where they're, this jackass is coming in in a helicopter through uh, wherever he was, L.A. or New York. I think it was New York. I can't remember. Coming down through the buildings and he's screaming just like fucking Saigon, man. Okay. That's what that ride was. I can't even describe it. I would give anything for the video of it. At one point, the whole ride was like this, but I'll just, I'll just summarize one part of it. Um, it was a four lane, four lane boulevard. Traffic is doing 30, 40 miles an hour in each direction. And he didn't want to wait for the traffic going in our direction, going 30 or 40, which I thought was a perfectly fine fucking speed. It's okay with me. Uh, no helmet on me. He didn't have an extra helmet. I think we had one ex one helmet and the girl got that. So, he splits the traffic down the middle line. And we're doing 70, 75 miles an hour. 
down the middle of this boulevard at 9, 9.30 at night. It's like a Saturday night, you know, heavy traffic. Cars turning to cross traffic, you know, stuff like that. Every few hundred feet, you could see them up there. They turn, turn across. Somebody stopped, let them cross. A um, little bit drizzly. And we're doing 70 miles an hour. You know, it's somewhere around uh, 95 clicks, something like that. Um, and we did that for, on that one boulevard for two miles, probably two and a half miles. And the whole rest of the ride was as crazy as that. Um, I lived. Her ride must have been the same. She arrived white faced. Um, they're not all, they're not all like that. You know, some of them were kind of safe and sane, kind of sort of maybe, but these guys are pretty good drivers, but still that was not, you know, good driving wouldn't save you if somebody, you're doing 70 and somebody crosses over in front of you. You're just going to T-bone them and you're both going to die. Good driving is, you know, good driving is to fucking slow down. That's, that's the definition of good, good driving. Um, they drive well. You know, when I drove around, I tried to follow them a lot of times through really bad traffic. I would just follow them because they know what other tires are going to do. They can read the brains. I can't. So I just follow the motorbike taxis. If they jerked left for no reason that I could uh, see, I jerked left. I just fucking followed them and they were right every single time. So they're pretty good. They're pretty good, but they die. They die a lot. They die a lot. Um, but anyway, to, don't, don't be that afraid of them. You're not going to, they don't die every single goddamn trip. You know, guys do this for their whole lives in Bangkok and they live, <laughs> you know, some percentage. So when you're in Bangkok, try the motorbike taxis, you know, try them, try them. Just agree on the price before you go. There's no meters. Uh, they, a lot of them are bad about quoting a, well, no, if you don't quote a price, they're going to fuck you pretty much guaranteed. If you do quote a price and you agree on it, um, then there's about a 93% chance they're not going to try to fuck you when you get to your destination. So, but try them, do that. It's, you got to do it, you know. A lot of guys, a lot of flying touristy kind of guys, they hold up their phone and take a video as they're going, you know, fucking Jesus Christ. I, I mean, a few times I wish I would have, but I didn't, because I didn't want to look like the guy who would do that. You know? um, so you've been in Bangkok for a while. You, you've, yeah, you, you've met a few girls. Uh, you figured out why you're going to have to go through 10,000 of them to find a good one. You're starting to get that idea because they're, Crazy. They're fucking crazy in, in more ways than you ever thought possible in any Western country. They're crazy. Okay. You know, I, I, I got a domain, what's it called? Uh, KillerClownsFromSpace.com. I got that fucker. And that pretty well sums up Thai girls or Southeast Asia girls. They're crazy. Killer clowns from space. That's what they are. Okay, so you're getting to the point now where you, you've done a lot of stuff in Bangkok. Some people, they just say, oh, oh my God, this is it. This is, this is my home. I'm going to be here forever. And they are. They live out their lives in Bangkok. They get a nice place in a high rise. 
Uh, Bangkok is kind of pricey now. Um, it used to be just stupid cheap. Now it's a little bit pricey. Um, and the guys learned the lay of the land and they learn, and, and an awful lot of guys, an awful lot of guys have no intention of ever finding the one, quote unquote, the one. No, 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 no. Why would they do that? You know, no, 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 no. It's a, it's a, it's a devil's fucking playground. You know, they get a new one literally every night. Or some of the guys two times a day, some of the guys three times a day. I accidentally got stuck in a situation where I had to entertain three in one day. Nice girls, all nice girls. I didn't plan it, didn't like it. Oh, God. Um, okay, so you're at the point now, at the end of this tape, you're at the point where you're thinking, well, what else has Thailand got to offer? What else is in Southeast Asia? What else is out there? What should I go see? What should I try? How else could I live? Okay. Uh, I recommend, if you like Bangkok at all, Get yourself a room, a condo, and keep it. You can buy it. You can buy a condo in Thailand. You can't. It's difficult to buy anything else, but you can really easily buy a condo in certain types of buildings. Just buy it. If you got money, just buy it. Um, if it's a nice building, you you know you tried it for a few months, and you know just buy the condo, and then you got a home forever. Um, and then go look at other places. Even if you're going to live somewhere else for three months, four months, six months, some other country or some other part of Thailand, keep that condo. You can always come back to it. And trust me, after some of these treks into other countries, other regions, uh, coming home to your condo is going to be just like going to heaven. So, you're at the point where you're a little bit tired, a little bit bored. You want to have new experiences. Where do you go? What do you do? Okay. In the next one, see, nine, number nine, I'll tell you exactly what happened when I was at that exact point. I'll tell you what happened to the, to the friend girl. She wasn't a girlfriend. She was a friend girl. I'll tell you what happened to her. I'll tell you what happened with that. And I'll tell you how I came to leave, why I came to leave, and, and where I went. And you can follow along with that and see you're going to end up doing something like that. You might not go to the same place or places I went, but you're, you're going to end up doing something like that. Because even if you end up spending your whole life in Bangkok, you got to get out of there at first and look around and see what's out there. You know, you can't marry the first girl you date. You, you can't spend your life in the first city you go to. You got to look around. Um, Okay, so that's where we're at. I hope this stuff is useful. I hope it's going to keep you happy-er. I hope it's going to keep you rich-er. I hope it's going to keep you alive-er. Because <laughs> you can die. You can die in Southeast Asia. In the U.S., you're going to... There's always a feeling in the U.S. that somebody somewhere is going to take care of you. Kind of, sort of, somehow. that People are going to do their best to kind of, sort of, take care of you. In Southeast Asia, no, it's another planet. You're on your fucking own. You're on your own. You get hurt. You get hit somewhere. You collapse. They're going to come through you in the back of a pickup. Uh, increasingly, they've got more ambulances now. When I got there, there was none. In, in Bangkok, there were some. 
But around the rest of the cities, no, there were none. There was no ambulance. No, there was pickups. Some of them had a canopy. Some of them didn't. And the guys driving them had no experience at all. They had zero medical training. They're just guys who could drive a pickup. They get a call. They show up, pick you up, throw you in the back of the pickup. No gurney. Let's fucking throw you in there. You got a, you got a spine injury? <laughs> well, you do now. You're fucked. Um, so it's better now, but you're on your own. You know, you're, you're, you're in the real world now. You're not in the fucking Barbie princess fairy tale fucking world of the Western countries anymore. You're in the real world, reality. It's hard and it's harsh. And you better fucking wake up. If you don't, you're going to get eaten alive or killed. Maybe you don't want to go there. And that's fine. But if you do, all this stuff is designed to help you. Okay. <laughs> Here we are. Pushing, pushing, pushing. Okay. Thank you very much. And uh, they got a new app really quickly. They got a new app. I'm going to get fine. Get it. Okay. You notice that I'm always looking at the screen. I'm not looking at the camera because my camera, the way this whole little studio thing is set up, it's I can't get the camera here where it's convenient to look at it. So I'm always looking down at the screen and I'm reading notes or I'm doing some goddamn shit. Um, and it, it just looks weird because I'm always looking down. You know, it looks like my eyes are fucking half closed. Well, they are kind of sorry, squinty eyes. Um, they got a new app. It's uh, NVIDIA put it out. I'm going to try to get it. So what you do is you train this app to look at your eyes and it takes a bunch of video of your eyes when they're, when they're open, looking in the camera, you know, like uh, bug eyes. Um, and then you overlay those eyes on your eyes, on your real eyes, on the video, and it looks like you're always looking into the camera. Even if you're looking down like that, I don't know, I guess if you're looking way, way, way down like that, I don't know what the happens to eyes, the fake eyes, they look up. <laughs> They're always looking into the video, and the, the, the samples I've seen are absolutely realistic. They look perfectly fine. <laughs> so I don't, maybe I'll try that. The guy, the demo guy was showing, he said, well, you know, you could trick this because it's still a, it's still a beta. You can trick this thing. If you do this weird thing, put your finger in the frame, take it out, something <laughs> one of the fake guys kind of like pops over. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And uh, good evening and good night. You got any friends thinking about going down there? This, this, all this stuff kind of applies a little bit for anywhere in the world, but certainly for Southeast Asia. So you got any friends, you know, share this to them. I don't have share button, buttons hooked up or anything. Just You, you just got to, you know, highlight the URL and email it to them or send a message or whatever the hell. I, whatever works, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Whoever finds these can benefit. If you, if you don't find them, then you're not going to benefit. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> good evening and good night. <laughs>